Hey everybody, welcome back to LinuxCast. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Tyler. So, this is the LinuxCast. We record uh, things about Linux and open source and uh, BSD now. Uh, those types of things. We also are avid Windows users. Oh, wait a minute. Of course. That's the other podcast that I do, Windows Weekly. Um, <laughs> I you know there's going to be people searching for that now. Well, there's <laughs> actually a podcast called Windows Weekly. I'm not on it. Uh, they they, <laughs> they wouldn't want me on every other Windows sucks, you fucking fools. <laughs> Use Linux. Actually, what, I'd be like, um, actually, Paul, what you're looking for is uh, GNU slash Linux. Uh <laughs> Oh my god. I don't know why I turned Bill Gates there for a minute. Okay. As you can tell, I don't have my shit together. I mean, I do have my shit together, but not this shit. I have the other shit together. And uh, <laughs> I have no clue what I'm doing. So if you're here expecting this podcast to be any sort of organized, you must be new. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so, alright, so... So, alright, so this is going to be a really bad podcast. I'm just going to point that out there because words and Matt today are not just going together whatsoever. So, just going to put that out there. So, Tyler, what have you been doing in uh, FOSS and Unix and Linux and stuff this week? Well, um, I'm I'm using um, OpenBSD 7.1 came out. I don't even know how long ago it was, but about a week ago it dropped. So I, I finally went back around and I did an in, encrypted install this time around, which was remarkably simple. Like, I mean, doing an encrypted install with OpenBSD is stupid simple. It's really easy. Um, but beyond that, uh, I've just been playing around with uh, Manafin. Um, I think that's how you're supposed to say it. M-E-D-N-A-F-E-N, which is, it's a really good emulator. Um, it's available on Linux. I believe it's even available on Windows. Um, and of course, BSDs. And it's, it's super awesome. You can, like, it, it supports a crap load of systems. And I've been using it to mess around with Silent Hill and um, OG Resident Evil, and playing that here um, on OpenBSD. I haven't really played Silent Hill that much, um, mainly just trying to test it out and play with it, like before I stream it or do anything like that on the channel with it, mainly because um, there's a weird audio issue that I'm having. Like, it seems like it's cutting in and out, but I have when it comes to like old retro games and emulators and stuff, I'm not a pro with, so I don't know if that's like a problem that's easily fixed or something like that. So I'm trying to figure out if I can fix it, um, before I stream it. But that's really what I've been doing. Just playing around with emulators. It's about it. It seems, so. it seems to me that the biggest problem you have on BSD is audio related. Is that true? No, because audio works super well on OpenBSD. It's super simple. Um, I've had an issue with audio because of my script. Um, FFmpeg was having an issue with audio, but I got that fixed um, with my script. 
I can't remember what the final flag was that fixed it, but it was it was something stupid with the script and the way I was recording or like mixing audio uh, with FFmpeg, which was, I mean, that's annoying. But really, in all honesty, like uh, on Linux, I was having the same issue with Menafin, whatever. I tried it on my mom's Ubuntu laptop just to make sure it wasn't something that was specific to OpenBSD and it had the same mm. weird audio problems. So it's so. probably something to do with the emulator itself. Yeah. Uh, it could also be the game, too, because I know there's some games that like don't emulate really well. Um, so it could, it could be that. I, honestly, I'm so stupid when it comes to retro games. I have idea like that also could be the way that it's meant to sound i have no idea like i'm it's been so long since i played silent hill that that's as far as i know it could have like weird audio like it sounds like audio glitching but it could just be the old yeah. implementation of audio i have no idea i've been meaning to actually look into some emulators and play some stuff like that but i just one of those things i just haven't got around to someday hopefully um, no. I, well, I will say with Mednaf and it's really simple as an emulator to get set up. Really simple. It's just I have no idea how difficult it can be to solve problems that you encounter with it. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, what I've done. So originally I was mostly going to say I haven't done anything in terms of open source and stuff, but that's actually not true. So uh, as we all know, Elon Musk has purchase twitter because mm -hmm. everyone has to know this because it's like the only thing anybody's talking about um but because it's the new in thing to do i decided that i was going to join mastodon again now i was on dt's instance of mastodon called distrotute but he shut that down a few weeks ago so that's not actually around anymore so i joined a instance called fostodon you can find the link in the video description Although it may not be in this video description, I'm not actually sure. Uh, this is I used last week's video description. So, uh, but anyways, in normal video descriptions, you'll see that there. Uh, I have to say that this instance is pretty good because they filter out most of the weird shit. Like there's some really raunchy shit in the federated timeline in a non-moderated instance. Uh, so I'm glad that that's mm -hmm. gone. But other than that, yeah, that's basically all I've done. Um, Still the like the mo the mobile app like ecosystem for Mastodon is actually pretty good, uh, but the website for Mastodon is kind of crap. So, um, well, I still haven't got ch checked out. Uh, I've used I've used Mastodon in the past, but I've never stuck with it. It's the same thing. I've tried Twitter in the past. I just, I, I can't be asked. It's, I don't know. Like those, it seems like those type of social media platforms are just, they're not interesting for me. Cause they're like, when you talk, like when you talk on Twitter or the Fediverse or anything, it's meant to be like just a snippet. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're, you're throwing out a snippet. And if we're being honest snippets, like you, you don't really have a real, conversation a real point there and i don't know it gets really boring fast because i've never used twitter or mastodon and had like serious conversations back and forth with people it, it just it typically ends in 
me or somebody else saying something and then nothing either happening from the post, like no real comments, mm-hmm. no real back and forth, or it's a flame war in the comment, like just back and forth. You just getting pissed off and talking with someone. I'm like, I, uh, I can't be bothered. P- Peter in the chat says I should en- enable advanced mode. I did en- enable advanced mode. It's actually worse than the regular website. I'm just going to put that out there. If you, if you've ever used actual tweet deck, what that, which is what the advanced mode is modeled on. There's no, nothing, there's not even, it's not even close. Like you can, yes, you can add columns and stuff like that if you want to, but you can't collapse them. You can't, uh, you can't change colors. You can't, there's just a ton of stuff you can't do. And it's kind of, it just, like I said, it kind of sucks, especially compared to regular tweet decks. So, um, but, um, that's something that could probably be fixed if they continue to be more popular. Uh, the nature of open source software, which would be cool to somebody else and anybody can create your, themselves a application for it maybe i should learn how to do that we'll see if that happens all right uh and by the way yes i have a video recorded about mastodon that will go up sometime soon uh and i'm expecting that video to absolutely bomb like i expect nobody to watch that (laughs) for whatever reason social talking about social media on the channel just nobody cares like nobody cares (laughs) Well, this might be something that somebody finds interesting, uh, just because I thought I thought it was interesting. Um, now, I'm going to say someone's name that relates to politics. Let me make it clear, we are not going to discuss the man nor his politics or politics in general. Just that statement there. I don't know if you know this or not, but Trump made his own social media network mm-hmm. called I think it was Truth Social is the name of the of the actual platform. Yeah, now here's something on, yeah. exactly super ironic that Truth Social was forced to tell the truth about what they were based on because they at first were denying that they were based off of Mastodon and using Mastodon's code. Then they were essentially forced to tell the truth, which is just oh. So ironic. So funny. That's mm-hmm. that's all I had to say about that. I just I found that bit of social media news pretty interesting. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, it definitely was funny. Um I don't know, man. It's just most people in the Linux community seem to not like unless they're on social media, they don't care about social media, right? If unless you've actually yeah. got on there and you know you're you're part of the cesspool, then <laughs> you, you know, most most people just yeah. don't care. All right, moving on to the contact information. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so in many different ways. You can contact us via email at email at linuxcast.org. You can find all of our contact links and stuff uh, and blog posts in the latest episodes at linuxcast.org, which is a website. It does exist, and it is updated. So as of, like, last week, I actually did update the damn thing. So I'm trying to... Keep that up to date as well as I can. You can support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash linuxcast. You can subscribe to Tyler, who goes by Zany Online, on YouTube at youtube.com slash uh, uh, zanyog. Uh, almost forgot there. Went a little bit uh, like completely blank for there for about five seconds, and it was a little weird. Anyways, uh, yeah, youtube.com slash zanyog. He's also on Odyssey, and he has a Discord server, and there's a merch store there to be had, so you can definitely buy some merch. You should definitely do that. We should 
find some more merch to put on there. Um, yes, we should. Anyways, you can also find all of our contact information. So the Fost- aforementioned Fostodon link probably will be there eventually. It's not there yet, but it should be someday. Uh, <laughs> the whole me keeping it up to date, not so much. <laughs> Anyways, you can find all of those links and stuff at linuxcast.org slash contact. So you should definitely do that. Oh, and don't forget to, f- to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash linuxcast where you'll find uh, YouTube videos posted seven days a week for the most part. I missed one yesterday because reasons. But anyways, uh, yeah, youtube.com slash linuxcast. So moving on. Uh, Tyler, you and I scour the internet every single week for the most exciting and amazing news you'll ever find on the internet anywhere. And today I'm going to go first. Because I want to talk about the most amazing technology you've ever heard of before. It's the most modern technology. Everyone is using it these days. And you should definitely check it out. Because it's just the absolute bomb, if anyone says that anymore. Actually, when these things were used, it was probably before the bomb. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm talking about floppy disks, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) yes. I'm talking about... Floppy disks because things are going on with with floppy disks. Disks. I don't know if you know this, but over the last few weeks or the last year or so, many things have been going on with the, the code in the Linux kernel that still supports floppy disks. And uh, the specific news here today is that there's some stuff here that is being disabled by default and is going to be depreciated. I don't really care about the news itself. I just wanted to talk about floppy disks for a minute. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, did you know that the Linux kernel still supports floppy disks? I mean, <laughs> I did. Why? I did. Why? Why? <laughs> why does this still? Why? Like, everyone talks about bloat. Like, bloat is the word in the Linux community, and we just happen to still support these two and a half inch things that you. I mean, they're. I cool. mean, look, dude. When hardly anybody still uses CDs, the the idea of still supporting floppy drives is crazy. But hey, it's Linux. You know, but you know, a lot of shit working. You know that there's that one person out there that's still using a computer that has a floppy disk drive on it, and if if they pull, but there's I'm, the the things that they, it, it just doesn't compute to me because you know. That that person is who is using Linux, there's no way they're still using a kernel that is up to date. Like probably because the vast majority of people aren't using a. If you have a floppy disk thing, you're probably forced to use a 32-bit version of an operating system, which means you're using an older kernel. Probably. I mean, because the vast majority is so true. Most distros don't even have a 32-bit anymore. Now, there still are some out there, obviously, uh, but they're le- not used very much. Um, oh. So it's just it's it's weird, man. Like I have some amazing like amazing things stored on floppy disks around here, st- stored somewhere in my house. Like all of the because when I first got on the internet. That's the really the I was it was just before like CDRWs became a thing that could be used commercially like they existed but they were so freaking expensive nobody could afford the writers so you had to use floppy disks so when I first got on the internet it was literally dial up like 
and I never paid, by the way. I every single time I went and got the AOL disc, the trial would run through. I would get the, a new disc and just sign up for a new account every single time. And I was like, I'm not paying for this shit. It's really, really slow, man. Uh, but anyways, um, <laughs> I have I have like a stack full of floppy disks with all of like. Like a, just a ton of stuff. I mean, you gotta remember, I was a teenager, so you can imagine what most of that stuff is. I'm just gonna put that out uh-huh. there. <laughs> so, um, so, but I, I can, if I had to read one of those things now, like if I had to figure out where I could, you know, actually put that in a computer somewhere and have it be, you know, read, I don't think I have a computer in the house that has a, a floppy disk drive anymore. And could you imagine trying to explain to someone how you bought a floppy to USB device <laughs> that you could read flop like that would just be insane. Like, like you yeah. Okay, we gotta find this out. We're gonna go look right now, seriously, Amazon.com, and we're gonna find out if there's an external floppy drive that they still sell. I I guarantee you no nobody's buying them, so if you find one, I I, I I'm going to bet it's going to be around $20 in price. You were exactly right. It's $23.99. There we go. That's hilarious. There we go. <laughs> That's so much fun. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I, 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 at a certain point, we can just say that, yeah, it's going to piss five people off, but it's okay that we don't support that anymore, right? That's that, that's something that we can do. Um. Like, I could understand if they took, I don't know, uh, CD support out of it, out of Linux, pissing people off. Because, I mean, people still do listen to, you know, CDs on their computers. I mean, I I don't know anybody, but, I mean, I know people do. But, like, every once in a while, I I would still want to put a CD in my computer. I couldn't do it because my computer doesn't have an optical drive. (laughs) But I have an external (laughs) around around somewhere. Uh, But it's just, it, it feels like at a certain point, and I'm not sure what point that is, there's some things we can just kind of leave by the wayside. And we're not necessarily abandoning those people because they can still, you know, just use an older kernel. They can use, I mean, you don't, just because, I mean, there are still version, like, like version 4 of the kernel is still being supported. <laughs> there are, are versions of version yeah. 4, like the 4.0 kernel or one of, one of the 4 series kernel that are still being supported. And that thing's like, really ancient. old right so, it's really old. so i mean you're, you're still going to get security updates and you're going to get your floppy support but that doesn't mean the people who are using 5.17 or 5.18 or whatever it is now have to have this i mean it's not hurting anything but it just feels like it's something that and also in in your article it does make it clear that they're not carving out support for floppy disk it's just disabled by default yeah you'll have to go in now it's been marked as far as i as far as i could tell by reading that it's been marked deprecated and will eventually be removed removed but it's not now like it's not completely out of the kernel now it's just you'll have to enable it so yeah it's just hopefully it's not too bad i saw this article and just it just reminded me of the fact that there's just stuff in the linux kernel that i mean eventually it's possible that it needs support and 
we talked a couple weeks ago about how Fedora is thinking about removing uh, legacy BIOS support. And like, <laughs> like that's something that everybody uses. Like a lot of people use legacy BIOS and they're thinking about removing that, but floppy disks get removed and people are like, Oh my God, you're taking away floppy disk support. You know, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> people that haven't used a floppy disk in like eight years are like, why? But why? <laughs> I mean, there's going to be come a certain point where the floppy disk is basically like, like the cassette tape, you know, uh, the, the mm-hmm. people who are old enough, they know that when you use the cassette tape for, first of all, the players were unreliable. They ate the damn tapes all the damn time, like all the time. Like it wasn't even like if you went a week without it happening, you were probably pretty lucky. Also, uh, and usually that's because you were trying to rewind the thing in the tape player because you know, you're not I mean, you could do it, but you weren't technically supposed to do it. But really, what you're supposed to do is take the thing out, get yourself a pencil, and rewind it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like uh, we still have, literally, in my house, underneath our TV, a VCR tape rewinder. Like, the thing is, you put it in there, and it, all it does, the whole entire purpose is to re- rewind VHS tapes. It's still out there. It's not plugged in, thank God. It's not drawing power, which would have been hilarious for like 20 years. We haven't used it in 20 years, but we dust it like once a week. Because <laughs> we live on a dirt road, right? So we had to dust a lot. But the, the point is, is like we see this thing. It's still sitting there. We've, we haven't used it in in 20 years. Uh, we have a, DV, a, a VCR sitting like right on top of it. And uh, that hasn't been used either in 20 years, but we have a whole closet full of VHS tapes. Just just in case, when you want to pull those out and watch them, they're there. <laughs> we've tr- we've so we've tried to get some like some we like we thought well maybe good will ta- will take them because you know, maybe somebody will want them, but no, <laughs> nobody wants no. them. You can't give we- these things away, and you can't recycle them because all of them have like. Uh, weird like chemicals in them stuff so you can't like recycle them so there's just in my closet like boxes upon boxes of these things like it's just weird um anyways <laughs> like you just you could just tell that uh i wasn't really interested in the news this time i had to talk about uh, old stuff anyways tyler what is your news for the week mine is the rx 6400 on Linux. Um, if any of you guys haven't seen this card, it's a low power card. It's really nothing special. Um, based off of the actual specs of the card, it seems to be very close to like something like a 7770 from back in the day, but with some obviously better um, clock speeds and um, obviously more RAM. Uh, it comes with four gigabytes of GDDR6 memory, which is pretty, pretty freaking nice on the memory side, but it's a low power card. It does not require any PCIe extra power. And it's, it comes in at a price range of about 150 bucks, um, after tax and everything more close on the 200 side. Mm-hmm. But, what makes it super interesting is it's a low-profile one-slot graphics card, which is really nice for people who want to build something like I've built, a super, a super compact um, mini ITX build. And this is something where if you don't have an APU or you're not really interested in something like an APU, you can get this and have 
at least a decent 1080p gaming experience. And the fact that it's just a single slot low profile card means Mm -hmm. even in a larger computer build, you can you can throw in this card and really not have to worry about cutting off a, um, you know, one X lane or anything like that. You can slap this in and not really worry about anything. And Mm -hmm. as far as I know, the TDP of this thing is like really low. I can't remember. It doesn't, you you don't need dedicated power for this. Yeah. It's a 53 watt TDP card. And I think you can draw like 70 from a something Mm -hmm. like something like that. Um, I, I believe it's 70 watts, which is uh, nice. I mean, it's it's around 50 watts of of load, like power being drawn. Like that's that's pretty nice, uh, especially when you get 1080p gaming. So, I was watching Gamers Nexus when they talked about this during their hardware news thing, and it is definitely overpriced. Like, but everything yeah. is overpriced these days. Like this, if this exactly. was two, if this was two years ago, this would be 80 bucks and pe- people yep. would think that was perfectly fine. Um, but nowadays $140 for a graphics card seems like, Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> like, no, no. Yeah. I, um, well, me. especially when you want to go, even if you went older used with something about this performance level, you're probably going to be spending the same amount of money on it. Like that's the yeah. real problem with the graphics card market right now. You can't even get pre-owned and get a good deal on it. Well, they, apparently they are coming down, but we'll see. I was I was listening to the the uh, Craft Computing podcast, and and they said that they were talking about the the graphics card prices coming down because the chip shortage is something that they've kind of worked out now. But now there's going to be a PCB shortage. <laughs> Like, that's the yeah. new word, shortage. Like, everything's in shortage. Like, eventually, everything. Like, I've, I've even heard, like, um, I, I heard, well, I'm not going to say names because I don't even know if um, I should know this or whatever. But as far as I know, Honda has cut back their production, like, of cars by a lot. And their main, um, their main dealer for um, for chips for their onboard control units have dropped out of the contract. They can't fulfill it anymore. And so they're having to like airdrop in or like airship in all of their chips, which has cut their margins like a ton. It's, it's nuts trying to get like everything's in shortage, especially when it comes to like computer parts for cars. Even mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yep, it's just weird times we're living in. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the main topic for today, which is, is Electron good or evil? So just briefly before we move on, let's just go ahead and talk about what Electron is. So in very layman's terms, in non-technological terms, because remember, neither one of us are really developers, so we're not going to talk about the developer side of this. So if, if that's what you're here for, we'll have to apologize on that. But from a user perspective, what... Electron is is a Chromium-based wrapper that allows you to create applications. So that's basically what that is. It's using a lot of Google technologies, and it allows you to, like I said, create applications. And chances are every single one of us use at least one Electron app. We're using an Electron app right now to do this call. Uh, So 
that uh, Discord is an Electron app. Um, and uh, it shows. <laughs> A lot of times, yep. it definitely does show. Uh, like Spotify. Spotify is an Electron app. Uh, Slack, if you use Slack. Microsoft Teams. Uh, I don't Microsoft Teams is a, an electronic app. I'm not actually sure about that. I could be just pulling that out of my ass. But there's, uh, you know, there's just a ton of these things that you probably use that are usually Windows programs that are actually electron apps. And the hilarious thing is that a lot of times, even on Windows, they're electron apps. So they're not actually native apps there either. So, um, that's what electron is. So Tyler, what do you? What's your position on the whole electron thing? Do you think they're good? Do you think they're bad? See, that's a tough, it's a tough question to say, like, Electron apps are bad, because in a lot of the cases, if the app wasn't Electron, there's a good chance that it wouldn't, it wouldn't exist, just because of the development power that needs to go into it to make it, I mean, like, as, again, from a user's perspective, from what I hear about Electron, it sounds like Electron makes it very easy to implement a web app. Like Discord is most of everything that it's doing is over the, like most primarily web-based applications are easier to implement in Electron. However, I wish that most developers and companies would not like elect not to use Electron and actually develop a good application. Because if we're going to be honest, Electron is essentially a um, easy way to implement your application. It, it you all, all you essentially have to do is wrap your website or your web app in Electron and it's going to just work. Mm-hmm. Except for on the user side, because Electron apps perform like shit. They are really aggressively bloated. Like even like we don't even have to argue about what does bloated mean from pretty much every side of the like, however you define bloated it's bloated. It uses more Ram takes up more, more space. It, it just in general that you're going because it's essentially a web like as far as I know Electron is essentially trying to emulate a browser that's mm-hmm. essentially what Electron does and so you're going to have functionality built into Electron that the app doesn't take use of doesn't need so I don't know like Electron from a development side might be good because you can. Of simply not have to do a lot of the development work to get it functioning mm-hmm. and send it out to people and have it at the very least open and function probably not well but it will still function um, I think that's easier from a developer side but from a user side spend the time to develop the application mm. please okay. so I'm you? right I'm right there with you I, I'm of the camp of that if Electron didn't exist, there would be a much bigger problem on Linux in terms of software. Like, there'd be a lot of stuff here that we just wouldn't have. We wouldn't have Discord, so you'd have to use the web app. If, like, in actually in the browser. If you want Slack, you'd have to use it in the browser. So, um, some people would say that that's better. Like, some people would say that it was just, it, just, just use a, a 
web tab, like a tab in a browser. Just use Firefox, and you'll be fine. Uh, personally, I like things that at least appear to be a native client. Like, I'd prefer to have, like, even if it's Electron, I would prefer to have Discord installed on my system. Even though it's Electron, I'd prefer to have it actually look like a native application that I can launch from Rofi and move along on my day. Um, the thing is, is that you're right. They do often perform bad. And it's not that they're bloated in terms of features or anything like that. It's that they're based on Chromium. And Chrome, by the nature of being, you know, Chrome, takes up a lot of memory. Like, it's, it's takes up a lot of memory. But this is not a, even a Chrome problem. Firefox takes up a crap load of memory. It's a, it's the nature of being a web browser. And uh, because you're basically running a web browser when you're running an electron app, you're going to find that it takes up a lot of memory. So, for example, I, I got to remember, I have a ton of stuff open right now. So right now I'm using 13 gigabytes of RAM, like right now. And mm -hmm. uh, granted, that's part of that's going to be OBS, but it's just an, it's an insane amount of RAM. And part of that's going to be because I have a Discord call open and using electron. Uh, I'm trying to think, do I have any other? Oh, you and I do have other electron apps open right now. I have Todoist open right now, and that's an electron app. So I have two elect two electron opens, two electron apps open on my system right now. Uh, the thing is, is that it doesn't bother me near, bother me nearly as much as other people. Like I can afford in terms of Ram costs to have my computer use 13 gigabytes of Ram all the time. And it's fine because I have 64 gigabytes of Ram and, um, I have Ram to spare as they say. Uh, but if you're on a, like a laptop that has four gigabytes of Ram, you're screwed. And that thing is going to perform worth a damn. And that's where the electron argument kind of falls off in that it works fine if you're Dylan and you have access to all this hardware, uh, you know, or if you're me and you have 64 gigabytes of RAM, you know, but most people don't. Um, yeah. And most people are running eight gigabytes. I think, I think if you look on the steam survey, the vast majority of people run eight gigabytes, uh, 16 gigabytes is slowly becoming more popular, but, uh, very people have more than that and if you're dedicating two gigabytes of ram to run your electron apps it could be a definite problem if you also want to have discord open while you're gaming or anything like that you know ram is yeah. precious and if you only have eight gigabytes of despair and go around um the, the thing is is though is that despite that despite the fact that you have to deal with the bad performance I'd still rather it exist than it not exist, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. the number of people, I, I mean, yes, Linux is still not mainstream. It still doesn't have a ton of you know market share. But the number of people who have been able to switch to Linux because Electron exists is at least somewhat significant. Because they can say, well, you want to, I really need Slack. Like a lot of companies just use Slack all the time. It's their method of communication. And uh, for whatever reason, they don't want to have it in the browser. They want to have an application. And having that available on Linux has enabled them to switch to Linux, where otherwise they may not have uh, done been able to do so, right? So uh, I think it's important that it does exist. What I'm not... <laughs> What I'm what I'm surprised at is that it's been around for a long time, and it's developed by very large corporations. You know, like a lot of people contribute to it. What I'm very much surprised at is that they haven't fixed it. 
Like, how is it that this thing is 10 years old, or however long, however old it is, and they haven't put the effort into at least make it somewhat good? Like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, somewhat good. Like, like cut the RAM usage in 50, by 50%, everyone's happy. Like, like everybody yeah. would dance in the freaking streets if they cut it by 50%, and it would be great. Like, people would stop bad-mouthing, you know, Electron, or, you know, most people would start bad-mouthing. It's the same thing with snaps, right? If 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 Canonical cut the boot time of snaps that cold launch by 50%, the vast majority of people who complain about snaps now would stop complaining. Whether or not they'd use yeah. snaps or not, I don't know. But they'd stop complaining about it. It would stop being a news item, you know, all the time. Like, snaps are slow. Yeah. It's the same thing in this situation, right? If they cut it, if they cut that memory usage in half, you know, the vast majority of people would have nothing to complain about in terms of, of Electron because that's the thing that people complain about. Yeah. But see, that's the problem. If they cut if they cut that RAM usage in half, well, they're they're going to you. It's really hard to do that because Electron is essentially a browser. Like, and for Electron to support most of the things that it does support, the web apps that it does support. Uh, it has to be a browser like it has to function as a browser and as we all know browsers eat ram they just do and um actually i think it was jimmy uh wills posted a comment talking about um how like making a good application is really hard to do cross-platform and that is the idea behind Electron. Mm -hmm. the, a developer does not have to work on, you know, an app, making an application in Windows and then porting that application over to Linux, BSD, every operating system underneath the sun. You don't have to do that. You just make it once as a web app, and then it works not only in the browser, it works on as a dedicated app in Windows, Linux everything but i don't i don't know that that's a that's a good thing for a developer but it's not a good thing as a user as a user that means every single one of your applications that is electron based you're essentially running another instance of a browser and so that i i think that's kind of the things it's one of those things that people complain about quite a bit is we have development practices that are requiring users to essentially buy beefed up machines like yeah. that uh, you essentially in this day and age if you want to have a machine that will run 90 percent of the applications available you need to buy a new machine or buy a machine like or buy parts for your machine that will upgrade it so that you can do that and it's all unnecessary if developers would make the effort to make those native applications on each system. I mean, as a user, I agree because it's not me doing the development, right? It's perfectly fine for you and me to sit here and say, well, if you guys weren't such lazy bastards all the time, you know, you could be developing all these apps for every single, you know, platform out there. Why are you so lazy? Get off your ass, you know? Um, but... <laughs> Honestly, you know, we know that that's not the case. They they would much rather spend their development time on new features and stuff like that than 
at over all the time having to support each and every version of their application. It's much easier for them to have this thing that allows them to cr create it and just push it out for every single platform. And even as a user, I think that that, for the most part, is a good thing because it does allow them to spend their development time on things that uh, really matter, like the the, the main features. Uh, the but I mean I, I understand obviously I understand where you're coming from, and and I do agree partially. The thing that I was talking about earlier is making it better, but maybe, and this is something we've talked about before, is that they should make browsers better like if, if this is gonna happen like the thing is tyler is you talked about all well, oh they're forcing people to have another instance of a browser that only matters because browsers take up a lot of memory if browsers didn't take up a lot of memory nobody would care like the vast majority of people yeah. like your mother probably has never opened up a task manager in her life and, and, and maybe like maybe once probably. Or something. Like she absolutely had to right my mom's exactly the same Maybe way. she accidentally did it once. But... Right. Um, so they don't know that Firefox... Like, if, if I opened up BPytop right now and looked at the number of, of processes that Firefox is taking up, it's probably, like, 80 or 100. Like, it's nuts. Like, every single instance, every tab creates its own process, everything. What it, got. Um, it doesn't bother me because, again, a ton of memory. But from if you're, you know, really slow on the memory, of course that's going to bother you. Um, but it's not going to bother you that there's a ton of processes. It's just because it's the effect of there being a ton of processes. Your your shit's slow. It makes it think make everything slow, and that's the user facing problem that we have is that when something takes up a lot of memory and you don't have a lot of memory to spare, you're probably going to experience bad performance. If they fix the performance, whether it's from like a browser perspective, that like they've done it before. Like they've made it so browsers created. Like, there was a big push about five years ago to make Chrome better on, on battery. And the thing that causes Chrome to eat up so much battery is that it uses a lot of memory. Running memory, turns out, sucks your battery dry. So, they, five years ago or so, they cut the amount of memory that Chrome uses by a significant amount. Uh, but since then, and, and Firefox, like, followed at the same time. Uh, but since then, people have stopped caring about that so much because, you know, they have bigger batteries or whatever. So Chrome has started, and everyone else, because everything is based on Chrome, has started to not care about that so much. And it's crept right back up to where it was before they made the changes. So they can it, make it so that their browsers use less RAM. Like, it, it is possible. Like, it... And they can do that without, like, removing features. Like, it's it's possible to do. It's just they have to have the will to do it. And that's where the problem comes. Like, they don't seem to care so much that their browser takes up so much memory. As long as the browser's fast, the easier solution for them is just to say, hey, you want, if your browser's slow, go buy a new computer that has more memory in it. That's the, mm -hmm. that's, that's, it's easier for them because it puts the honest on the user to increase their performance rather than the developer and that's the problem like that that's the whole issue with electron is that it's a good idea i think that i'm happy that it exists but the effort to make it improve like to improve it whether it's on the chromium side or the electron foundation or whatever the hell it is they they do something the the effort to improve it just doesn't seem to be there and uh, that's disappointing i completely agree i completely I sadly enough I I think I think it's very odd but 
true that for electron to improve, I don't think I don't think necessarily there's something that blaringly needs to be fixed about electron itself. It's if browsers improved, electron by nature would improve itself. And I, I don't know that electron itself can do something special saucy enough to end up right, right. Like improving over browsers. I don't think electron can do something where it's like the applications that are made using electron are going to run faster than they would in the browser. That is a big task, a big undertaking. And they're also like, this is something to do with browsers and um, electron. There has to be an incentive for the developers making the browsers, making electron to do that. And I, because the general consensus is, is, if something is not working for you or you're using too much RAM, buy more RAM. Yeah. That's that's the mindset that we're currently in. The only and Go ahead. Oh no, you're, you're, the only thing I was going to say to finish that off is is pretty much I think the only incentive that would push developers towards fixing this issue is RAM prices to just skyrocket. Mm. I, that that is that is one way that it would work, but I don't think that they care. Um, because RAM a couple years ago was insanely expensive, like even way more than it is now, and it didn't change anything. So I don't think that they Good care. Point. The only, I think the only incentive that could be offered that would get the people who would be responsible for fixing the browser and therefore Electron to actually do this is the developers who develop their apps for Electron. So if you're Slack, if you're Discord or whatever, those developers have the power to, uh, you know raise a ruckus with the people who are behind Electron and, dis- and uh, the browsers to actually make things, be- things better. If their development experience, their experience in developing their applications is poor and their users are complaining to them, maybe that then would push them to complain to the, the, the browser and stuff like that. It doesn't seem to be happening though. Like they're the ones, they don't seem to care either. Like, you get on the Discord forums like and tell them that their app is slow because it's using Electron. They don't give a damn. Yeah. Like, 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 like they, they, they don't, they don't care at all because they're much more interested in figuring out new ways to push five dollar Nitro subscriptions. You know, <laughs> like so um, true. Uh, like that's the only thing Discord cares about is how many subscribers can they show their five dollar subscription to, and let's just transition to that for a second don't ever buy a five dollar nitro subscription don't do that okay there 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 are much better especially don't do that if you're doing it to support the creator of whose discord you're on because we get nothing of that right if if that's the reason why you're doing it take that five dollars and give it to them on patreon or paypal or whatever it's much better because they actually get something for that uh, if you're doing it because you want more emojis, then you know do whatever you want with your five dollars. That's fine. Uh, at least then you're going to get something for it. Somebody's getting something for it because otherwise well, it's just maybe because to hit to hit a certain level, like one person, if they wanted to do it, where we could do 1080p streaming on Discord, I believe you have to spend like 30 bucks a month. Like you'd have to do multiple five dollar nitros 
up yeah, to I that know. certain level. It's ridiculous. I, like, I really want 1080p streaming too, but it's just it's it's not there yet. Um, anyways, that was a, a complete tangent. But the the, the that's it, it, it's still kind of the point is that the the developers behind like things like Discord they don't care that Electron is bad, uh, just because they, they or that it's performance eating. They're like, well. And it seems like a lot of devs had the same kind of mindset as Dylan. Luckily, Dylan popped in here and he said, Ram's so cheap, you might as well buy more. That's pretty much the sentiment for everyone, especially in the electron space. If you're having problems, just upgrade Ram. Yeah, Dylan and and I had this conversation the other day in Discord where just because $99 is cheap for you, (laughs) like for a lot of people, $99 is like, half their paycheck like that's not cheap for a lot of people um uh, yeah. so uh like i i would love to say that, like, like i could go and spend 99 bucks sure i could do it but i don't want to you know but mm-hmm. some people even don't have that kind of disposable income uh but maybe maybe those people aren't those maybe those people don't even care like who knows i don't know um you know. Well, I mean, you you have a good point. It's it's one of those things where, in your case, it might make sense to just buy more RAM. But I feel like there needs to be a push in the development space where decent excuses for not making something more performant shouldn't be made. Even though you have an oops, sorry for hitting the microphone. Even though you have a valid argument in that. RAM's not that expensive. Go buy more. That shouldn't be an excuse to not make something more performant when you can. And kind of that goes with my argument of with some things, it makes sense to use Electron for that cross-platform push so everyone can access your program on any platform. It makes sense sense to do it that way but when you have the capability you have the development power to do that like discord i mean if we're going to be honest discord can definitely afford the development manpower to make a not proprietary but it's going to be proprietary anyway but a native application they have the power to do that it's yeah it's not economic yeah you're gonna have to spend some downtime some of your development power not working on new features like let's be honest everybody who uses discord we could give a fuck flying fuck about a new freaking feature there's already too many in discord Mm -hmm. just spend the development power on it i know that there are valid valid excuses valid arguments for not doing it but it you would definitely get a more good experience for most people even somebody like me i've i'm not quite as crazy with you as ram i don't have 64 gigs i have 32 gigs that is still obscenely more than i need like that's plenty of ram but i would still like it if the discord app didn't eat up a shitload of that ram it would just it would be better it's not a problem it's not it's a minor gripe i have but if you could improve it and you can afford to, you should. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, I. Th- I... <coughs> Excuse me. I think that one of the things, uh, like the problem around this whole thing, is that it gives Electron a bad name. Despite it being a good idea, 
despite it being something that everybody uses, uh, nobody uses an Electron app and thinks, well, this is a fantastic, perfect experience, you know, yeah. especially if you're technological enough to know, you know, what's kind of going on and, you know, you pay attention to your system monitor, you, you'll have... The ex- even if you have a, a lot enough RAM, you're still going to you know kind of know that there are things about this application that could potentially be better uh, if you know they just put a little bit of uh, you know effort into it. Now, I mean, it's just, you gotta remember, as we said at the beginning of this conversation, neither Tyler or, or I are developers, so we uh, um, very often when we talk about these conversation this these topics, we can't adequately put ourselves in the place of actually being a developer uh, and know that well you know maybe they spend all their time actually doing important work i'm sure they actually do i know we bitch about the you know tons of new features and uh uh you know them pushing their subscription service or whatever but uh, i'm sure that the developers behind discord do spend time on things that are actually important and uh, saying well you guys you should you know set that aside and make this thing better uh I mean, some of that I still think is true, but we don't want to say, well, you know, obviously they're just sitting around collecting a paycheck. That's probably not true, you know. So yeah. it is hard from a user perspective who has at least some kind of technical knowledge over how Electron acts and how it could potentially be better to put yourself in the place of of, an, of a developer who makes an Electron app and then puts puts it out into you know to the, their audience, and then doesn't seem to care that it does these things that are obviously uh, subpar, you know. So no, I don't know. It's just one of those things, and, and uh, I don't like. I would bet you that outside of this audience, like outside of the people that we're talking to, most people don't care. Like they just don't. Like if they're on Linux, they download Discord, and as long as it runs okay you know they're fine you know they, they they probably have enough ram it may be a little slow they might notice it every once in a while but probably not because i mean for the vast majority of people who just use discord they're probably just chatting and you're not gonna i mean if you're if you're just if you're just text chatting back and forth with a bunch of people it's not going to you know you're not going to notice a, a, a bad experience probably it's only when you get into doing other things that it might affect it right so it's no. it's it's, it's well, most people and it's also yeah sorry to cut you off it, it can definitely be even more confusing for people who just come over from windows because windows eats up a lot more ram out of the gate than linux does and we bitch about you're gnome using... taking a gigabyte of ram <laughs> like you exactly, exactly windows it's like four gigabytes of ram like what oh please man Na- nowadays it's like six it'll start off at just eating up six gigs of ram it's ridiculous but for somebody who's coming over from Windows to Linux, when all of that Windows overhead is gone and you're running an Electron app that is an Electron app on Windows anyway, it's like, oh, my system is really way fast. Yeah. Exactly. But I've been trying to get my mom to switch to Linux. <laughs> She's having so many performance problems. Like, you'd be so much happier on Linux, but she doesn't want to do it. All right. Moving on to the thingy of the week. So we call this section the thingy of the week because... Well, for two reasons. One, 
uh, it, it was funny to begin with. I mean, I don't know that it's funny more, but it's definitely something that it just kind of stuck. But also because we were much too lazy to come up with an actual name for this section. So, uh, Tyler, what is your thingy of the week? Mine is Helix, which is described as a postmodern text editor. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's really nice. Um, I... I've seen, I've talked with someone, somebody else today who, who uses it. Um, I believe I was talking with Felix, uh, over on discord about it, but it's, it's got multiple selection support, um, tree sitter integration. Um, it's got code, um, code completion, language server support, um, built, uh, it's built in, uh, rust. So, um, no electron, no Vim script, no JavaScript. Um, so it's, it's nice. Um, and it has a lot of modern, uh, insane built in features, um, like fuzzy finder, the symbols, um, project wide search. It, it, it's got a lot of stuff. I'm basically just reading off the main website right now, but, um, I'm going to be checking it out, um, live, like in depth, trying to use it, see how well it works for me. Cause, I've been looking for a text editor um, that has a lot of the features like NeoVim um, or just a heavily customized version of Vim without needing to learn a whole bunch of new shit, um, customize it and build it up from the ground myself. And this seems like a really it seems like it's a really good suit for me personally. So I'm going to be live streaming and checking it out later on. So if it seems interesting to anybody else, definitely come over for the stream. I don't know. I think it's going to be really good. It seems very appealing. That's why I threw it in here. I I figure there's probably like me, quite a few of people who've just not heard about it and it at least looks very interesting. So yeah, that's my thingy of the week. Okay, mine is something called Blue Griffin, all one word, B-L-U-E-G-R-I-F-F-O-N. And what this thing does is it allows you to edit websites. And by edit websites, I mean like it will literally load up all of the HTML and CSS in the the top tier directory of your website. So that it gets all of the, like, the theming and images and everything there. And then you can edit it in a what you see is what you get edit style editor so you can add links you can add pictures you can add pages all the stuff in a, like an actual like editors and you can uh, move things around like you would in like a a WYSIWYG uh, editor and it's it's really good uh and i've i've used it a couple times and it, it just like i know i'm i'm, a, I'm a, i know i'm a vim guy like i'm a big vim guy uh, but this was a, an amazing experience editing this thing without having to edit a lick of html like there was no tags for like doing a, a, like a list item or a, a a link or whatever i didn't have to do any hrefs or any of that stuff it was just uh you know type in the title of the episode and highlight it click the link button, paste the link, and it was done. And that was so cool. Uh, my biggest complaint about it, my biggest complaint is that they put a hidden file in your home directory, and it, if that wasn't bad enough, <laughs> the, the, the name of the file, let me see if I can actually find this thing. Uh, the name of the file 
is called dot disruptive space innovations dash sarl and that's not even the full like name it's like truncated <laughs> so the, the the name of the the folder that they put in there is like three or four words long it's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard of like it, like i love your application but you gotta stop that that's really 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 bad um Anyways, the, the Blue Griffin, it's good. I do not know if it's open source or not, so I, I can't speak to the license that it's under. Uh, I did enjoy using it. Uh, I have a feeling that that folder in the home directory will probably keep me from keeping it on my computer because it just pisses me <laughs> off, but uh, it's still really good. So give that a try if you uh, edit websites at all and you're lazy like me. So... Uh, that is it for this week. Coming up uh, next week, we're going to be talking about... So whose who's topic was today? Was this my topic or your topic? Do you remember? I th- I think this was my topic, but I, to be honest, I am not sure at all. Yeah, I, at this point, I don't, even, I don't even know. So next week, we're going to be talking about are there too many distros? So that should be fun. Okay, I, again, I don't, I don't know whose topic that is either. So this whole going back and forth thing, I don't, I don't remember. We just throw things in there. It doesn't, really, it doesn't matter. All right. Anyway, so before I go, I should take a moment to thank my current patrons. You can support me on Patreon at patreon.com/linuxcast. You, you can uh, actually, these are my current patrons. I like to thank them: Robert, Sid, Devon, Patrick, Fred, Kramer, Meglin, Jack, Sam, Tools, TV, Cyberguy, Linux, Garrick, Samuel, KB, TGB, Keith, Andy, Uncle Bonehead, Tri Devil, Mitchell, J Dog, Carbon Data, Jeremy, Sean, Odin, Marty, Ross, Eduardo, Art Center, Elliot. Merrick, Cam, Joshua Lee, Peter A. Crucible, Dark Minus 6, Primus PM. <sighs> Thanks everybody for watching. We record this live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time around this time. So if you want to join us live and join in the chat, which we mostly ignore, but sadly, but uh, you can do so at the linuxcast.com, uh, excuse me, youtube.com slash linuxcast. We will see you next week. Adios, people. And uh, I, 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 he's red in the face, man. He's red in the face. <laughs> oh my god. Man, so good. Oh, that was the best. That was the best breath I've ever. <gasps> <laughs> that was great. Oh my gosh. <laughs>